Hi, friend. Welcome to day 39 of the year of our Lord. Serena Williams is the greatest athlete of all time, period, 2021. And also day, was it a Super Bowl or a super spreader of the pandemic 2021? How are you, friend? I missed you. I wasn't here last week. Um, you know, the funny thing about depression uh, and uh, the, the retrogrades and um, uh, grief is the fact that sometimes they just hit you. And so I recorded, I believe, half a podcast and I just was like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I felt myself just like on the verge of tears. I just wanted to cry. Um, so I didn't record last week and it was okay. I'm, I'm sitting with Selena right now, and uh, if you hear any random noises on the microphone, that would be my lovely familiar. She's not my cat. She's not my pet. She's my familiar. And I feel very comfortable saying that because I feel as though we have a very touching relationship that I can't really put into words, you know, if one were to to ask me to, the, you know, how much I love her. It's un, I, I'm unable to quantify such such feelings. I feel as though she is my familiar. Um, but yeah, I missed you guys. But last, so February 2nd was the anniversary of the death of my husband. And then, um, yeah, it was like a mixed bag of emotions because then like January 31st and the 1st of February was uh, the first day that I got Selena. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm just so sad. But like the sadness, uh, like it was, I spent most of the day on the, tw uh, on, the on the second sleeping. I, I, I was, I wasn't going to properly function. Um, the day before that had like a really beautiful, lovely, like FaceTime conversation with my dad. I was just like, Hey, by the way, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not feeling well. And I'm starting to get better with telling people what I need versus trying to, you know, get in my feels and be like, don't you people understand? <laughs> Nobody understands girl. You have to tell people cause everybody's going through shit. So you have to be very honest and very um, forthcoming sometimes if you need something. And I'm not very good at saying, I need this. I was talking to my sister um, a couple of days ago about Valentine's Day. So, you know, uh, a man, because, you know, you don't have to explain too much to women, but a man, you certainly do. And so... I was talking to her about that and she's like, why don't you just say this? And I was like, girl, I can't. And she's like, why can't you? And I was like, cause I can't. And then I'm like, I just hope he will. And then, um, so who the hell knows after all those goddamn silhouette challenges, it's like, I'm so happy to see a man. <laughs> like, Did you see that shit? I was happy with the girls. Yes. I'm a girl of very limited um, uh, breast capacity. So I always want more and also an ass. But like, 
some of these girls, like, I was just like, God damn, these bodies. But then the men got involved. And I saw a video by a young man who goes, uh, he's at Twitter, uh, on his Twitter page, um, at uh, Grace Sweat King. Jesus. Marshall Pierce or Price might be his name. And, um, but definitely Grace Sweat King <laughs> on Twitter at Marshall Pierce or Price on OnlyFans because I did look up his motherfucking OnlyFans. God damn. Holy Lord. I don't even know like if I could, if it, it could actually do anything with me, you know, what I saw. But what I wanted to do was go like holding its hand through like, you know, a valley and laying down in a meadow and, you know, rolling around, you know, cuddling. If it could do nothing else, it was just like, all of that is you, sir? You don't, you don't share the, the, is there a timeshare on that? That's beautiful. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful. So naturally, after watching a few of these um, male, uh, mostly black male uh, uh, silhouette challenges, I said, I'm going, I, I need, you know, she act like she need dick in her life, um, to quote the great poet of the early 2000s, a little plain, uh, Wizzy, Wheezy F. Baby, please save the baby. Not quite sure what those lyrics were, but uh, Josh's favorite uh, rapper, Lil Wayne, <laughs> and uh, a presidential pardon recipient, Lil Wayne, while playing, by the way, Lil Wayne. <laughs> well, fucking played. Is he Dwayne Carter? So I remember that, um, hey, Mr. Carter, tell me, where have you been? Who's it was definitely on Wayne's record. Huh, I forget. And then they did Brooklyn. It was him and Jay-Z, by the way, because Jay-Z, Sean Carter. So um, anyway, listen, I'm getting ahead of myself. Silhouette challenges really get the mind foggy. Watch them. Uh, how are you, friend? I haven't talked to you in a fucking week, and I need you to fucking answer the goddamn question. How the fuck are you? Uh-huh. Hmm, drank too much. That's, huh. Did you drink your water, though? Vitamins? Huh? Vegetables? How was your zinc intake this week? Uh-huh. Did you brush your teeth all the days? Mm-hmm. Mm. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Showered all the days? I missed a day. It was cold one day. I forgot to close all my windows. <laughs> I started a new paint project in uh, my entryway and there's really no ventilation, I guess, because it's the door 
and then you have to walk up the stairs and then there's another door that enters uh what i think is going to be my dining room uh, my dining and chess room because i've decided that i want to move the uh the couch and the chair to the other room which is currently my dining room that has a bar but anyway it's a whole thing so i, I painted there and i had all the windows up and that front, uh, the other door open and it was just fucking freezing. And I walked out from my bedroom to go to the bathroom and I was like, this is, I, I live in New York. So I just said, no, we're not, we're not doing the shower shit today. I'm clean. <laughs> also, where am I going? You know, it was also laundry day, like later on that day. I'm like, I'm washing the sheets like later on. So you know, like yesterday's funk is still, it's going to be washed tonight is all I know. That was a good day. I had to rearrange a few things in my bathroom and I don't know. I've been doing like house stuff. Like I'm not, like I didn't go anywhere. You know, once I got the COVID, I really didn't, I, had, I haven't been going anywhere. Oh, I did go get my COVID test. You girl is COVID free. Thank you, Jesus. Um, black Jesus, by the way, it is a bl happy black history month. God damn. I forgot to yet last week when I recorded this on the first, it was definitely a very happy black history month. Uh, happy black history month y'all. Um, so I have been just painting black women. That's all I've been doing. I've got these different variations. Uh, I ordered some metallic paint, um, cause I wanted to paint this, like one of the girls had like necklaces and I wanted to paint these beautiful, I wanted it to shine. And so I got this paint and it's so pretty and, um, I'm painting this other thing for my bedroom. And then I ordered one, uh, like it was a black girl in a bathtub for, um, my bathroom. I was just like, this is really cute. It was very small. <clears throat> there was one that was really big and I can't, I can't remember why I didn't order it. Um, but I like to fill my place up with portraits and, or just figures of black women. And one of the pieces or two of the pieces that I ordered for my soon to be dining room currently my living room is uh these two beautiful portraits of um and they're not portraits they're paintings of josephine baker and they're i ordered this shit fine i was i was on i was on the bezos app okay on the amazon and i guess i must have ordered them from england and they're size ao and i was like well now what the fuck is size ao my guy I've never seen that. Like, okay. So I ordered it cause I wanted it to be big enough. And, um, is it on canvas? It might just be a poster. So I've only looked at them like one time because I'm so scared of like ruining them. Um, so they finally came in and I've been searching since I'll say November for frames for these so gorgeous. Just, if you know the, um, 
the look, it's Josephine Baker, who is basically the first black like superstar, like in the 1920s. Um, and she had on this banana skirt and just diamonds. And, on a, and then she got banned from America because, you know, the racism. Um, and the second one was, I think, like a French poster and there's this like leopard or tiger giving her flowers and you know how i feel about feline anything feline but mostly tiger but i think this was a leopard um you know how i feel about that so it's so pretty i called michaels finally this last week i said hey 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 girls after doing the dimensions it's like 33 and a half by 47 or 48 or something like that and I could not find frames anywhere. I think I found them on Alibaba, which I've never shot from Alibaba. So I was like, now, and they're, they're I couldn't tell, like, you know how sometimes like you're, <laughs> you're ordering shit online, but you don't realize that there's a certain quantity. So they'll tell you like, oh yeah, sure. It's a dollar per piece, you know? And then, but you have to order a minimum of like a hundred pieces. And luckily I figured it out like fast enough because I had a snafu on Amazon when I was ordering uh, painting supplies and it was, you know, the blue tape to tape everywhere. I've got a lifetime supply of blue tape right now. <laughs> I really needed just like one or two, but I am good for the next like four years, like, or I'm, I don't even know if I need to paint, you know, in the next four years. So I'm good for the next like four houses. Um, so they had pieces and it was, you know, AO frame and you can get it in gold. You can get it in uh, walnut and, you know, uh, like $1 to like $9.99. I'm like, that seems really cheap. And I'm reading through some of the reviews on the Amazon um, of the, like where I got like this, this, this artwork and they're like, yeah, custom. It costs $600 for me to go get it framed at Michael's. I said, $600, baby? Who's got money in a whole paragraph? What are in a paragraph? So I called Michael's and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't quote you a proper price, but I'm just going to let you know it's going to be between $225 to $600 per frame. <laughs> So I went to a cheap alternative, which is ordering the magnetic ones. Like you just put it at the bottom and then you put it at the top and you hang it up. Cost me like, you know, $25 per item. <laughs> and I'll just put that up. And I am praying to every Jesus that I know um, all of the Allahs that my cat one day does not lose her shit and just decides to go flying <laughs> on these, on these posters and rips them because somebody's going to have to lose a familiar that day. And I really hope it's not going to be her. You know what I mean? You know, but besides that, Painting has been really therapeutic. I um, I, I drink my little tequila, 
perhaps maybe a red wine and uh, I get my paint. <laughs> I'll make sure how my brushes are nice and ready. And I just sit down and either turn on a movie, uh, a documentary, some music, and I just get to painting. And it's been really nice because then I don't necessarily have to be so stuck on my phone looking at all the fucking garbage. I mean, there's been a lot. A Gorilla Glue Girl, uh, Tessica Brown, ma'am. <laughs> she is 40 years old and has three kids and apparently could not read. And, and a label. I have Gorilla Glue in my house right now. And it says right on the front, and I've got the little baby one. And it says immediate skin attachment. Like, do not use this. Sh like, it's not for skin. And so I guess today she says she's suing people. And I'm just like, baby, come on now. We can make mistakes. I hope everything is good for her. And if she doesn't have insurance, and I think there was a GoFundMe that I think was upwards of like $9,000, I hope she gets all of that money and fixes it just because it has created so much like internet like fodder or whatever. But suing Gorilla Glue? Girl, this is a walking advertisement for them. Are you serious? Ugh. Chloe Bailey. Got distracted by a lot of stupid dumb shit on the fucking oh, the tiny Antia. <laughs> I think I'm actually gonna make a separate podcast later on this week <laughs> for just purely entertainment and things that I watch because yikes. Yeah, there's a lot of yikes stuff. But as far as uh, Chloe Bailey ended the busted challenge, which I thought was great because I haven't seen anybody else do it as uh, as great as her. Or I should say since her because there were a lot of great ones. That was fun. You know, that one was definitely for the girls. I don't I didn't like when the boys try to join in on that or when the Bible thumpers try to like, you know, on the busted and it's like the fucking reading Bible verses and shit like, bitch, I want to see ass. Like, are you serious? The girls look so good. They look so good. Like they just look at God. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. Um, not like not not uh, yeah. I was I was really keeping it low key. Saw my dad over the weekend. Our annual or <laughs> it's not annual. Our monthly Costco trip. Uh, I use his card. I pay. <laughs> And his car, I use his car, his truck. Um, and he's so sweet because once I got the fucking like COVID shit, like I couldn't, um, I couldn't really go anywhere, but I had just luckily had gone grocery shopping. So he ended up, um, he was like, well, uh, are you going to go take your test? Like, you know, like, yeah, of course that I'm going to go take my test like before I see you. And so I took my test. Um, it was free, thank God. It like uh, I went to the one that was the closest to my house, but I went on a Wednesday, and they were only open on a Monday, which was weird. Um, so I had to go to another location, and that shit was very 
<laughs> like simple cut to the chase. Here's my ID. Here's my phone number. Here's my email address. Go over here. They ask you if you want to do it on your own or if they should do it. Um, and I had them do it because I'm like, I've, I actually had never had a COVID test done before. And I was like, hey, I really would like these results by Saturday. And he's like, you're going to have it definitely, probably by tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. And 5 a.m., uh, it was one of those nights where I really couldn't sleep throughout like the entire night. So at 5 a.m., I got a uh, an email and it's like, here are your results. And it was three different like PDFs. Like one was from the county and one was like from the place. And it was, you know, negative. And I was like, whoo, thank you, God. Um so because I never, I never got tested, like when I felt sick, one, I was just, when I finally figured out that I was like really down, I couldn't really move like that well. And so if what I, what I read is true, that I hopefully your girls got antibodies for the next like three months and, um, yeah, I should have been at the Super Bowl this weekend using out those goddamn antibodies. <laughs> We're never going to get out of this fucking panoramic. I swear to God. Did you see those people in Florida? Did you see them? Florida is so, like, just out. Just out. Touching. No masks. They said that there were <laughs> the weekend had more people with masks on the fucking halftime stage than people in the fucking crowds <laughs> and people in Florida on the streets. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody that texted and was like, hey Steph, I know you like the weekend. Are you watching the Super Bowl halftime show? I was like, first of all, this is a Colin Kaepernick household. And also, I'm trying to find the feed live um, on YouTube, and I cannot find it. Because, um, you know, I don't do the cable babes. I don't. Um, but I did watch it. I did watch the Super Bowl halftime show. I thought my baby did such a great job. I thought it was, if you've been following his entire after hours little shtick with the red jacket and the progressively, you know, getting higher and higher, with uh because if you never watched the video the video i think it was for heartless or maybe blinding lights i could be wrong um but either heartless or blinding lights he licks like this frog and he hallucinates and just goes insane so one everybody's always like oh the weekend's like on cocaine <laughs> some of the memes are hilarious it's like finally coke and pepsi <laughs> collaborate for the for the super bowl halftime show and then like some people petty ass motherfuckers my favorite cocaine performance was bruno mars <laughs> if you don't get that reference i need you to look up cocaine bruno mars Las Vegas. Okay. The young man should not have a career because he was going to go to jail, <laughs> hardcore jail, because of the premium grade cocaina. Okay. And he made it through, and 24 Karat Magic is a fantastic fucking album. Um, if that was the name of that album, because that was, that was really great. Um, but anyway, I thought he 
because I've been looking at the visuals for the weekend, like especially this After Hours album, I was like, yeah, ba my baby's doing a great job. Like, you know, the whole, you're it's a little dizzy with that um, fun house, like gold room with the lights. And then, you know, I can't feel my face with the, you know, like all, like I loved it, knew all the songs. <laughs> So I'm watching some of this shit and like some of the older people are like, I knew three songs, maybe. I really liked it. I thought he did a great job. You know, Africans have to support Africans. So I hope Ethiopia is proud because I thought he did a really beautiful job. He did a, a lovely job and um, proud. Nobody can beat Beyonce, but this is not a competition, you know? He put together a concept, and I thought this was the culmination of such a, a, a year of breaking motherfucking records, and I'm very biased because he's on my fuck list. You know what I mean? Not just, you know, if I ever am physically like in a room near him, will I try to fuck? Yes. That's the, the answer is yes. I'm talking about like on all of my playlists, like to fuck, he's on there. There was a time like when I really wasn't just, I was just trying to hear like Rihanna's anti, but the weekend <laughs> can always get me there. <laughs> like, yes. I like, um, somebody described it as, um, stripper, uh, haunted stripper music. No, a haunted strip, strip club music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Somebody's crying somewhere. It's not going to be me, but, you know, somebody. Yeah, I loved it. Anyway, I had a... It was it was a culmination of a number of different feelings. The astrology girls told me that my true love is coming. They also told me that my money's coming. A few things have happened. I would just like them solidified because I don't like being poor in love or in finances. So fix it, Black Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us get started with the America's Burning Report. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. This week in the America's Burning Report, but before we get to that, I forgot to actually say the date today. It is... I hate February. I hate saying that word. It is February 8th. 2021. I normally say that during my intro and, um, you know, you don't do a podcast for a week and you just forget shit, you know, fuck it, bust it, bust it, is you, this is a Megan the Stallion household, so we're not going to sing that song, fuck you, Erica, if you don't know what that means, you were never supposed to know what that means, all right, friends, this week in the America's Burning Report, we start out with our first story. COVID is still that bitch. That's right. I respect her because I have the antibodies to anti her. I think that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
And keep in mind, I don't leave my house except maybe once a month. I left my house one time in January. Or dick. But that's a different story. You have no feelings. You can use a Hitachi wand and massager all the time. That's nice. That's great for you. Some of us <laughs> spent a lot of our, our early years thinking, I don't need to be touched. And then a panoramic paragraph hit. And all of a sudden it's like, I miss, I miss a man. <laughs> I think it was one of the Sex in the City girls that was like, I, I miss the weight of a man on top of me. <laughs> oh, God, I want them to open up this country so soon, but we can't because our first story, once again, is COVID is still that bitch. And uh, currently in the United States, we are sitting at 27.1 million cases. Currently, as of February 8th, 2021, 465,000 deaths. All the variants, I believe, are here. The UK one. I have to confirm for sure if the South African one is here, but I'm pretty sure it is because, you know, the, the whites love to travel, and especially South Africa. You know, they like to go surf there. Uh-huh. Um... God, let me tell you, I was so fucking proud this week. Not proud, happy, elated, all of the happy fucking words because my grandma was in the hospital. Finally, today she got discharged. I got that message from my sister early this morning, like at four in the morning. She was like, grandma got discharged. And I was like, thank fucking God. Every month for the last like fucking four months, I've had a family member in Zambia in the fucking hospital. And every single one of them, praise be to the most high, they've come out of it. Oh my God. But we're in dire straits here in the United States because I'll be honest with you, it's a very select group of people that are experiencing a certain experience of COVID. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm inconvenienced because I can't go have brunch with my fucking friends like indoors and I have to do it outside. A white woman earlier on today. God, I want to go find that fucking like tw uh, the, it, her Twitter. Um, but I don't like giving those kinds of people like any kind of shine. She was like the New York Times released a story where they were talking about how Rich white folks are going to poor black neighborhoods and stealing appointments and vaccines. She was not elderly. Like, she was probably a millennial. She was probably me, like a woman in her fucking 30s. You know, I look younger, but you know. You know what I mean? And I haven't really looked it up. I was with my dad um, 
And he told me, he's like, everybody on Camp Pendleton has to get a vaccine. I was like, what do you mean has to? Or like, he's like, no, they have to. Because he um, he's a private contractor. He retired from the military after 30 years in uh, U.S. Marine Corps. Ooh, 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 I will always. I have a mixed bag of feelings about the military, but it, it it's going to be a hard day for me to just start explicitly hating. Um, but I am also on, you know, if we want to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement um, and uh, being against police brutality, that to me also includes the military, but I have grown up in a military family. So I'm, it's a mixed bag of emotions, you know? But anyway, he's like, yeah, every single person, like, you know, they have all of the fucking, like, he's like, even the Domino's employees have to get the vaccine. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm like, aren't they civilians? He's like, yeah, they're civilians. They're getting the vaccine if they're working on Camp Pendleton. I was just like, God damn. So, you know, I don't, I don't live in that world. I'm, <laughs> I'm out here free. <laughs> And also I feel weird about the vaccine, but I'm not going to tell my dad that like I, I wanted, like I'm, I did tell him that because, uh, uh, my stepmom and him, uh, we were talking one day and she's like, what do you feel about the vaccine? And I was like, I don't, I don't feel right about it. <laughs> Something strange about it. And I'm talking to my dad. I was like, so this vaccine that they're offering you guys, um, does it, and he's like, oh, it's hundred percent free. You know, the whole thing. I was like, but does it, um, protect you from the new variant? I love that word variant, except that it's so dangerous. Um, you know, does it protect you from the UK one or the, you know, the South African one? And I heard that there was one, I think it was in Japan. And he was like, I think this is just to protect me from the American one. <laughs> and so I don't know. He's like, listen, <laughs> I don't know. So that's, you know, the military, obviously like the, if a, a, a nuclear war were to happen, you know, you think like worst case scenarios, if a nuclear war were to happen and, you know, they needed to deploy troops and, you know, have, you know, weapons and things like that. I understand like why they would want to give them to uh, the military. Like I'm not arguing against that, but it's like, for me, I'm barricaded in my apartment doing art projects. Like I'm not in dire need. You know what I mean? I just had the shit. I feel fine. Um, but what about teachers? <laughs> what about, um, Amazon employees. What about, from what I've heard, my friends that are um, home healthcare like workers and um, they are essential employees. And um, I haven't talked to any of my nurse friends in, in a minute, actually, and I should. But only one of them I know for sure got the vaccine because they're working daily with mostly elder people. So 
But what about students? What about grocery store employees? What about Uber delivery people? You know, what about them? Um, it's it's kind of sick because this whole deciding of who gets it and who doesn't get it is weird. And we're letting a bunch of rich old white people basically decide that shit. And on top of that, like in a kind of a weird, creepy, dystopian sort of like thing, um, it was also announced that the National Guard, they're going to deploy troops to help with I don't know if it was a National Guard, but they're definitely de deploying troops to help with vaccinations. And it's like, <laughs> are they doctors, nurses? It just seems odd. I've seen I Am Legend. <laughs> We're going to have to be fighting for fucking like flights out. is this it's all weird um but i'm praying for everybody my god don't fucking get it is all i can say because girl <laughs> that shit was not fun at all at the fuck all moving on to our next story a new segment of the america's burning report Fuck Joe Biden. An update. The very first story in the uh, update, the fuck Joe Biden update, is um, where the fuck is my money, Joe Biden? Where the fuck is my 2,000 motherfucking dollars, Joe Biden? I was told that Kamala, your, your vice president, your VP, in May, she said $2,000. And if I'm not mistaken, she wanted a monthly. And you know who she linked up with? Motherfucking Bernie, motherfucking Sanders. The socialist God himself. And then I recall, you bitches were trying to get the Senate to flip blue so you had Ossoff and Warnock saying $2,000 checks for everybody if we can flip the house blue. And then you come out and you're tweeting. I think on, gotta go look at the date, but I got the screenshots, my guy. You said $2,000 out the motherfucking door if the Senate turns blue. Vote Georgia. Right? You said $2,000. And then you said it again. And then this week you said, <laughs> it's not changing from $1,400. we are adding on to the $600 that y'all got before. So it's not, 
you see, the thing is, like, some people have to do, like, mental gymnastics. Like, most Democrats are just going to go along with it. Okay, cool. Joe Biden and his motherfucking people, because he's he's not a Democrat. He's definitely not a fucking socialist Democrat or believes in democratic socialism. This bitch is a fucking Republican light. So he's trying to do all of that across the aisle shit, trying to please Republicans for what reason? I don't know. So Joe Biden is saying, hey, I'm giving you $1,400 on top of the 600 that Trump gave you. But you know what? I would like to put some caveats on that. So I want you to be, I want you to be poor enough to earn this 1400 where Trump was like, I just want my name on the check. The bar is hell, Joe Biden, and you're making it go higher. So you want people to be making between, I think it was $50,000 to $75,000. I don't think you, like you, you get a check if you're an individual. You, you have to be making less than that. And I happen to fall in between that fucking like category. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, shit, my job furloughed like last March. So do I get a check? Because I didn't I didn't really get my salary last year. Once you go on unemployment, you're not making like, oh, shit, I'm used to making twelve hundred dollars a week. Oh, no, bitch. <laughs> We're giving you what the state uh, can afford. Okay, so I'm just thinking to myself, like, well, which category do I fall in? How the fuck is your bar lower than Trump? I kid you not, all Trump, Trump wanted to give $2,000. His only recommendation was, hey, baby, I want my name on that fucking check and i bet you he was pissed when that shit went direct deposit but to the poor folk who don't necessarily maintain a bank account kind of live off the grid a little bit getting that check in hand and seeing that motherfucker's name i bet you it meant something to them which is why 74 million fucking people voted for him you stupid dumbass joe fucking biden what the fuck is wrong with you fix it and give people two thousand fucking dollars a goddamn month until the goddamn summer that's the only way if they fuck it up, they fuck it up. If they have bills, they have bills. The responsible people are going to be able to get some much needed fucking mental relaxation. Go get your goddamn vaccine. We've got everybody fucking like, oh, we've got 200 million fucking vaccinations out there. All right, let's reopen this bitch once again. And if the shit is trusted and the shit is good, oh my God, the whole fucking country can fucking go back again. I see concerts in motherfucking New Zealand. I saw a concert in Australia. Melbourne, I think it was. And I said, look, look at those people in the back row. Look at them touching. 
Oh, moving on to story number two in the fucked Joe Biden update. A lot has been said about the fact that Joe Biden is doing so much to sort of erase the stain of the um, Barack Obama, uh, the Biden, Obama Biden administration's um, immigration policy. Because as we know, Obama was known as the deporter in chief. Well, this week we learned actually, and it might have been last week, but I learned that Joe Biden and his administration have actually not been that good because last week the Biden administration deported hundreds of Jamaicans and Haitians. And as of about five days ago, they were supposed to um, deport close to 2000 African and Caribbeans. They had a flight that was getting ready to take off for Africa the day before that, there was one uh, that went to Haiti. A few days before that, there was one that went to Jamaica. After they saw the uproar on the internet, they canceled that flight to the African nations. Which brings me to story number fucking three. Because as of today, there was a report with The Intercept that ICE was threatening to expose asylum seekers, more specifically from um, Cameroon, to um, COVID if they did not accept deportation. So we're looking at a situation where, and I'll read this to you. Um, the Intercept reported immigration and customs enforcement agents, ICE agents, at the Pine Prairie Ice Processing Center in Louisiana, threatened to expose a group of Cameroonian asylum seekers to COVID-19 if they did not submit to deportation. The asylum seekers were scheduled to be deported last week, but their flight was canceled at the last minute amid new allegations of ICE torturing people into signing deportation orders. So if we don't make enough noise, this is the shit that's fucking going on. But this didn't start with Trump. Moving on. Joe Biden also He also is now in charge of our international policy. And with help with whichever, you know, Western backed um, government is in Somalia, there've been four attacks 
um, by U.S. forces in um, Somalia. Forcing the people that don't want the Western-backed governments to be there and to attack their people to retaliate. What the fuck is going on? Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it wasn't recording. Um, yeah. So that's a lot. Four attacks within the year, and it's only the 8th of February is a lot. And um, I just need you guys to remember that Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State is the reason why slavery came back into Africa. Um, and I believe it's 9 million people went back into slavery because of the Obama-Clinton uh, um, policies. Okay, okay. All right. That's been it for the fuck Joe Biden report. Oh, sorry. It's the fuck you, Joe Biden <laughs> update. <laughs> um, we'll work on that. We'll finesse it so much more for next week. But continuing on with the America's Burning Report, I would just like you guys to know that <clears throat> um, there's been a wide range of police officers uh, committing suicide. And uh, in this particular story, you can get more information on this definitely with um, uh, Democracy Now!, but in Louisiana, a black uh, sheriff or police officer died by suicide after posting several videos decrying police brutality and racism. His name, uh, it's uh, Clyde Kerr III. He's 43 years old. He had served in the military in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he took his own life um, outside the Lafayette Parish uh, Sheriff's Office last Monday. In one of his videos, he cited the killings of Botham Jean, who was uh, the man killed, I believe, in Texas, whose neighbor was a police officer, walked into his apartment and shot him. Breonna Taylor, who we're still seeking justice for, and uh, George Floyd, who sparked all of the protests last year. Obviously, we remember that. Um, he said, this is a demonic system. It is not anything I can, I can continue to serve and want to be a part of. And this is a... This is not right. This is no form of justice. I think we have to start listening to all of the suicides of the military members and the suicides of the uh, police department. And to me, the, um, <clears throat> the police department are an extension of the American military because we live in occupied spaces, but we just don't realize how bad it is. Um, and you can find that story, like I said, on uh, Democracy Now. Moving on to story number five, Amazon uh, workers in um, Alabama begin to, did I say story number four? Yes. Okay. Um, Amazon workers um, in Alabama begin uh, a historic vote on unionizing 
which is very important because this last week, uh, evil supervillain and um, Lex Luthor in the flesh, Jeff Bezos, uh, said that he's going to be stepping down soon as the CEO of Amazon, but moving on to a different position after it was discovered that $62 million of tips given by <laughs> the American public using this service actually went to paying these employees versus actually giving them the tips that they were given. Um, there was another company that I recall, I think it was Instacart um, last week or the week before that, um, that said that they fired employees that tried to start a union. Girl. <laughs> and um, yeah, listen, the people need to start rising, you know, like Uber Eats, this whole thing. I, especially with this, you know, contactless, um, delivery uh, system i tip on the app all the time i want to know that that money is making it to the person otherwise it wouldn't be tipping so goddamn much <laughs> i ordered like jack in the box like two weeks or it was this week and i was like oh my god for somebody to just have to go because i wanted a fucking like jumbo jack in the middle of the night Ugh order another burger and then like make sure that even if it's like 25% was like $5. I was like, it doesn't seem like it's enough for some poor person to have to go out there and get me this stupid fucking food. Nonetheless, I'm not going to walk my ass like downstairs and expose myself to the COVID. <laughs> oh, America's so trash. And we're a lot of trash because we're not fighting with the people. <coughs> Finally, in our last, uh, you can find that story by Google, just Google Amazon and union, and you will see all the fucking shit. So get, get yourself some help. And for the love of God, we have to release ourselves from the shackles of fucking Amazon. Jesus. I say that as a bitch that literally orders that shit. I check my account. I'm like, okay, all right. You know what I always wanted? Dumb shit. And then it just arrives like the next fucking day after I pay my rent. I'm like, okay, well, you know what I always wanted? After I buy my groceries, you know what my cat needs? Dumb shit. Ugh. Our last story in the America's Burning Report is the Republican Party definitely loves Donald Trump. And there've been some very glorious stories about infighting with uh, a dumb bitch whose last name is Green. I'm not going to say her full name because I don't, I don't like her. Then there's a, 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 a Cheney uh, that is being positioned as the good guy uh, because she voted for impeachment. And there's McCarthy, who is the, uh, the, the GOP leader who went to go visit Trump in Florida. The green lady um, believes in all the conspiracy theories, which, bitch, I believe half of them too, but I'm not a fucking, <laughs> I'm not a congresswoman and I'm not in the, like, you know what I mean? Like nobody voted for me. And also I would do my research before I ever just say this shit like on television, a podcast is fine. I'm still working through my conspiracies, but are you dumb? 
This shit starts tomorrow. The Republicans have definitely said that they're not voting for him. I think maybe five of them are, but they need more than that. So it's just stupid. I just want the whole world to see that this is what the Republicans have chosen and we need to accept it as a people. This is this is the Trump party. Let us be better than that. If the bar is hell, for the love of God, can we at least get out of hell and step onto some pavement for a better life? Yikes. I'll talk to you guys next week in the America's Burning Report and also our new fuck you, Joe Biden update. <laughs> All right. This week in the Goddess is Really Watching report, I saw everything. Remember, fam, I had the COVID last month, and so I've just been barricaded in my house, trying not to see anybody. It was so nice to see my dad. Um, but yeah, your girl got also the depressive episode. Um, the only thing when you've never dealt with depression. It's like, it's very difficult certain days to just get the fuck out of bed. Like, and, and I, I could try anything like you want to go to, you know, like <laughs> tequila gets you high. If you want to go take a shot, babe, it's like, no, you got some food in the, in, in, in the kitchen. You want to go, you know, or maybe let's order you a treat. You want, you want a lobster roll? No. <laughs> you want to play with your cat? I guess you know what I started to do because <laughs> I didn't I could I couldn't remove myself from my bed except for like necessities obviously like but I just like I started not in a weird way just like grabbing her not nobody's grabbing any pussies in my house but I grabbed her and um I would put her under the covers like with me because it was actually very cold certain days like it was raining it was very pretty um, <clears throat> so I would put her under the covers with me and I was like, she's going to stay there for maybe a second and get the fuck out. Baby laid right next to me. She just laid right next to me. And she was like, okay, I'm tired. Like after like a while, she's like, okay, I'm tired. Um, cause she always sleeps at, at the foot of my bed and I was trying to train her to just get used to that. But and she was under the covers with me and we would just be watching Shameless. <laughs> We watched the fuck out of Shameless. That was like my, no wonder I was depressed. God damn, that family went through a lot. And I haven't seen um, the new season, but I definitely watched seasons one through 10 and it felt like I just nonstop. Um, so the very first show that we're going to talk about is uh, Shameless. It was, I'm still a little conflicted on whether I would like say it's, it was obviously a good enough show to keep me watching for 10 fucking seasons, but I come from like the, uh, the Showtime model of um, Dexter. Like Dexter's my shit. I like, I will also, I love Michael C. Hall. Like I love his voice. Fun story about Stephanie. Um, I bought the first two seasons on DVD and after my divorce from like my now gone husband, um, what is it? Late, late husband. Um, 
I remember going on a date with this guy. He was very tall, very tall. Um, I think he was like 6'4 or something. I liked it. I really like tall men. So does every bitch, bitch. Um, but he came over to my apartment one day and we had a pretty decent um, uh, passion for each other. And he looked at the Dexter DVDs out of nowhere. And I don't know if I said something specifically about Michael C. Hall, but he's like, do you masturbate to Dexter? And I was like, whoa, it is true, but whoa. I know you're probably wondering, Stephanie, come on now. It's, it's a show about killing people. You have to sometimes get into the darkness of a girl, you know, to see what she's into. It's the fact that he's in so much control. In that first episode, he's in the backseat and he's like strangling somebody. He might as well be giving me instructions. I don't know. Leave me the fuck out of your cringe, uh, you know, thoughts because we're fine over here. You weirdo. Anyway, back to Shameless. Um, another Dexter story, weeds, they, or, uh, Showtime. They have weeds. They also have, uh, billions. I like those shows. And so shameless would always be one of those shows that I would see advertised, but I'm like, yeah, I really going to watch it. So it's a young Irish American family in the South side of Chicago. And the father's a drunk and is barely home. He runs scam after scam to just keep the money coming. And he like, so there's the older daughter who's Fiona. And I forget like the actress that plays her because she's very pretty. Um, but Fiona is the head of the household and she might as well be anywhere between 18 and 21 when the show first starts. Um, I'm guessing 21. So it's this little dynamic of his six kids. The mom at first, we don't know what the fuck is going on with her and she's not in the picture at all. Um, but we get to see this family, even the tiniest, like, you know, baby, um, the babies that are going to like fucking kindergarten or grade school pitching in money. Oh, I did this and this and this and this. So here's this. They have a little squirrel fund where they're all pitching in money to pay for taxes, to pay for bills, to pay for. But Fiona at the time is the only one that is an adult and can actually work. So it was cute seeing the like the family dynamic. But then once you get to like the 10th season, it's like for me, I'm, I'm you know, I'm it's not like it was like for Game of Thrones, like seeing these characters grow with them, you know, because I think I started watching Game of Thrones maybe on the second or third season. And so to get to like season eight, I guess it was, you know, you I, I had a relationship with these like characters in my head. So watching it in such a short period of time and seeing them grow into adults basically was shocking. And life sort of just came at them fast, but not really, you know, because we we're watching them in these stages. It was an interesting show. I 
I have a crush on this character named Lip. I think his name is Philip. I looked it up. He is of age. Because <laughs> he started out in high school. And I was like, well, how old is he really? Because I kind of have feelings. Um, but there's no Mary, Mary Kay Letourneau here. No, we, we don't do that. Um, but I, I did look up his age because like he looked really young, like very young. He was one of my favorite characters in the show. And um, I'm curious to see. I think the 11th season will be the very end. So I'm saving my, um, you know, my Showtime one month free trial. Maybe to watch that. Um, but it was. They dealt with certain. You know, class, uh, classism issues because they're poor. Uh, racist sort of like, you know, racism like within like the, but not really. The first season was a little cringe because there's a woman that plays a character named V who is very beautiful and has amazing boobs. Um, and she's black and she has a white partner. They, they, they were fun for me. I, I, I enjoyed watching that and her outfits were always so like interesting. <laughs> Each episode, I'm like, yes, boobs come through, <laughs> but they owned a bar. So like it, they were selling, you know, a certain look. Um, but it's just, it, it, it was really interesting to see how fast life can, um, switch up on you and how quickly you can sort of fall back into, uh, that whole theory of, you know, the apple doesn't fall so far from the tree. And the tree is uh, William H. Macy, who plays Frank. And while the kids hate their fucking dad and we meet the mom eventually and we get to see like, you know, what her situation is all about. It's very fascinating how quickly our kids can pick up our habits because well essentially they have nothing else like to look up to they're raising themselves and still the only adult that they probably ever had to look up to was you and you're a piece of shit so yeesh, yikes anywho so i i don't uh I, it's a if you're somebody that struggles with uh like addiction which i've known people like that um I don't necessarily know that this is the show for you. <laughs> like it's a, it's a little rough. Uh, Cause they're doing all of the drugs. They're doing all of the drinking. They're doing everything. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. So I wouldn't recommend it to somebody that's going through that, but it was also just kind of funny after a while. And I think it's funny to me that Frank, uh, William H. Macy's playing this Frank character who is very poor, but there is one season where he gets his youngest child into uh, one of these pretentious uh, private schools for free. <laughs> and in real life, if you remember, him and Felicity Huffman um, were trying to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure that their girls go to um, the college. They were part of that college scandal. So I thought the shit was funny. I was just like, OK, this is. The scams were good. I enjoyed their scams. I really did. So if you want to just get lost in a show that 
you know, let's let's you believe that your life is better than some people. <laughs> you might want to watch Shameless. Um, another. So done with that. The I watched a very interesting documentary on Netflix as well, which was the crack epidemic. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it. It was um, absolutely fascinating. And it leads me to hate um, Joe Biden even more. Um, what was it called? Striptease is on Netflix? I don't think I've ever seen it. Yes, it's called Crack, Cocaine, Corruption, and Conspiracy. And um, insane. <clears throat> it is insane how the war on drugs. So if you want to figure out why a lot of black people hate Reagan, if you want to figure out why a lot of black people hate um, uh, Joe Biden, you need to watch this fucking documentary. It was yikes. Motherfucking yikes. I, it makes me upset. Like it really, really just, it's angering. There's no other fucking word for it. Like a lot of uh, this war on drugs, first of all, failed. But then I listened to, and I learned to hate Reagan through hip hop music. Cause remember I wasn't born in this country. And by the time that I came to the United States, I wasn't, <clears throat> is, uh, while my dad, uh, like he grew up in the projects, I didn't, we didn't go to the projects. We were, you know, in California and San Diego, like in suburbia, military suburbia, but suburbia nonetheless. And so I wasn't subjected to some of the things that people saw on TV about black America. So everything to me was just like a fucking joke. Like if you mention crack, like I just imagine it's a fucking joke. When you go back and look at this shit and realize how we as a people, you, these little cracks, these little jokes, um, didn't mean for that pun. <laughs> these little fucking jokes that we make are so fucking hurtful to so many fucking people because you never lived their fucking experience. And then you come to find out that the government was lying a lot about the numbers and, you know, this whole, like they break down this whole crack baby thing. And it's just like, Fuck you, white society, white, you know, politicians, white, like, it's Black History Month, so fuck, fuck you, white motherfuckers. Like, seriously? Just to demonize, like, a whole community, a whole culture? Like, fuck you. And then to find out, like, oh, well, the government and the CIA are ba basically turning a blind eye um, to the drugs that are coming in. They're not arresting the, the bitches that are doing the fucking like premium grade cocaina. And like, you just start to see shit showing up in the fucking hood. How? If we have this war on drugs, like how come the military isn't fucking handling that shit, Reagan? I saw this video a long time ago and it was this, uh, it was a gang member that was in Chicago and he's like, I'm, sleeping one day it's six fucking o'clock in the morning and somebody knocks at my door and he's like it's one of my i don't know proteges who knows and uh he's like come just come come to the alley with me real quick and he's like what are you talking about he's like you're gonna want to see this and he goes out to the alley and it's just a bunch of fucking 
premium grade A fucking guns. And he's like, how did you, where did you? And he's like, I just was walking and there it was. So he took one of the guns to a pawn shop. He takes it to the pawn shop and the pawn shop is like, this is military grade. This isn't even out on the streets. How did you get it? And he's like, that's when I started to realize that they were planning some of this shit basically to have us kill ourselves. Like this, this is the shit that they do. And I was just like, (laughs) Obama's from Chicago though, right? Fuck him. So I'm still fuck him. Um, watch that though. For real. For real. Like watch it. And then look up this New York Times. Uh, I don't know if it was the New York Times, but look up NYPD officers uh, speaking out against neighborhoods that they can't go to in New York to arrest the people that are really doing the fucking drugs, but they have to have a fucking quota of how many they, they go to the poor neighborhoods and start arresting people on these mini drug charges, but they can't go to the big fucking parties where women are getting raped. There's cocaine, there's, you know, all the big drugs. They can't go there because somebody knows somebody who knows the mayor and they're, they're not really going to be arrested anyway. This whole fucking thing is a scam, which is why that that officer killed himself. Everything is a fucking scam. Gross. All right, moving on. It's Valentine's Day. So uh, what what are you guys what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day with your lover? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Don't watch Malcolm and Marie thinking it's a romantic movie, though. Yeah. Don't see. I um, I'm a person that enjoys couples fighting. If I'm in a store and I hear a couple fighting, if I'm walking by and I hear a couple fighting, like immediately my heart just starts smiling. I have a devilish streak. <laughs> couples fighting is just very funny to me, but not like physical, you know, like verbal. Because you just you're so filled with passion for the one that you love that you just start saying all the shit. So I like to hear what people come up with when they're in the heat of like passion. Um, So Malcolm and Marie stars Zendaya and is it John David Washington? Denzel's son. Um, And they are this uh, Hollywood couple. He's a director and she perhaps is an actress, but it's his girlfriend. And they're coming back from a movie premiere. And so I'm kind of, this particular day I was painting and watching it. So I'm just like, okay, let's see what's what's going on here. Let's see how fun it's going to get. Within 20 minutes, these motherfuckers are going at it. Like, just like, you could tell Marie has a problem immediately she's making him like craft mac and cheese like from the box you know um black twitter definitely looked at the fact that she did not bake it sometimes you just want a quick snack so she was making him mac and cheese she's asking him all the stuff that he wants like you know do you want salted butter or unsalted butter and you know he's all in his own world um like he had a very good night. So he's very happy about the night that he had because he premiered his movie and he seemed to get some really 
uh, good vibes from the people, but then he was also very <clears throat> nervous about upcoming reviews now that people had seen him because it was a bitch from the LA Times that was going to be writing a review. So out of nowhere, these hoes just start fighting. And you think the fight is over. And then it just starts up again. And then you think it's over. And then it just starts happening again. My personal opinion, and if you're if you've seen it, keep listening. If you haven't, like, you know, girl spoilers. Um, I was waiting for her to break up with him, for her to maybe kill him. <laughs> like he was too much. He was way too much. Like, are you just like blatantly trying to hurt my fucking feelings, you bitch? <laughs> like, it was too much for me. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the show. I really, um, or it's not a show. It's like a lot of people are like, this would actually be really great as a stage play. And I actually do agree with that. I think it would have been really great as a stage play. But I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but it was this man like having a fucking hissy fit about um <laughs> he was having a hissy fit about <laughs> a movie review and her thoughts on the movie and it was just kind of funny to me like it was just really funny especially after you realize that apparently the director of this is a guy named sam levingson who happens to be a white man and i think he's the director of euphoria i love euphoria um i'm not sure if he's the constant director of euphoria so please don't quote me on that but apparently that's where him and zendaya worked together and then uh, he wrote this part specifically for her Zendaya is biracial, um, and John David Washington is obviously Denzel Washington's son. I don't know how obvious that is to y'all, but it, it, that's his son. Sounded just like his daddy in this movie. And uh, they're having this sort of dialogue that was talking about race and brought up <laughs> like iconic fucking like black directors like Barry Jenkins. And so the the discourse on Twitter was very funny because black people were like, why the fuck did you need to bring up Barry Jenkins? And then also like, isn't this just like a fight for Sam Levinson to have with the LA Times who apparently gave him a really bad review for something? <laughs> so I'm like, you wrote a whole movie just because you were mad at a movie review, but you couldn't let it just be the white folks. So you decided to insert your own, you know, white thoughts on this black couple because the dialogue was a little funny. But once again, I was entertained because every two minutes, me and my brush trying to make sure I'm doing what I need to do, you know, I'm painting this black woman and I was just like, uh, like every two seconds when start cracking up because one of my favorite movies is Revolutionary Road, which was the um, reuniting of Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet um, since they did Titanic. But this time they were playing a 1950s um, married couple. And um, oh my God, it's directed by Sam Mendes, who was the same person that did, I believe, American Beauty. So he has this sort of thing that uh, he 
loves a very specific, you know, Americana type of situation and dealing with, you know, suburban life. Um, but Revolutionary Road to me was very pretty. And you're following this young couple and they too were coming from, it was her show. She was an actress and they were coming from her show and baby, they couldn't even make it home. He had to pull over and they just had a, <laughs> like words, 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 fighting, fighting, fighting. I hate you words. And their fights were epic. And they finally figured out, <clears throat> listen, this lifestyle here of us working so fucking hard and, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses type shit is not working for us. You've made enough money. She's like, I want to start working. Let's move to fucking Paris. Like, just lock all this shit up and let's fucking go to Paris and I'll get a job as teaching kids to you know, speak English or work at the fucking consulate, like, you know, as an interpreter, like, I can't remember exactly what job she was doing, but it was um, some something along the line of language. And she was so excited. She said, I want to be able to do this for us, for our family. And they agreed on it. And then it's all these obstacles, basically, for them to get there. This movie, to me, was I loved it. I was also married at the time. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is fun. This is amazing. Um, so I think I see like what he was trying to do, the Sam Levinson person with Malcolm and Marie, but it was also kind of, um, they were kind of just stuck in this house and it was just one night, but it was one at one night too long. God damn. Like just for my own emotional like health, I don't know, baby. I started throwing things after a while. Like Marie, like has patience. There was one scene with a knife when I was like, yes, girl, shoot him. <laughs> Stab him. Um, we don't condone violence on your partners. Um, but he had crossed a line a couple times. So, mm-mm. This is not the movie to cuddle up with your bae this weekend, you know, on Friday or on fucking Saturday, especially not on Valentine's Day, baby. No, this is, um, this is, you watch this by yourself <laughs> and then you have them watch it by themselves and then let's see what's going on. If he's not on Marie's side, I don't even know, like, if you should stay with him. No, because <laughs> he needed to get slapped so hard. Oh. Do you guys ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? <laughs> there is a scene where Dennis and Mac move into the suburbs and they have to stay there for 30 days. And all Mac does is make <laughs> mac and cheese. And Dennis got so fucking pissed off one day. And he just threw the mac and cheese. The way that I was waiting for somebody to throw that mac and cheese. It's fun. It was fun. I enjoy things that are fun and, you know, a little different. So I enjoyed it. I really did. That shit was funny as fuck. That shit's funny to me. <laughs> Anywho, um, I'm going to come back with another thing that I watched, but it's going to be part of my stuff rant. So meet me here probably next Monday to um talk about Judas and the Black Messiah because I'm definitely signing up for HBO Max to watch that like Daniel is like marry me stop fucking around Daniel Kalu Kaluuya 
let's get married. You bish. I can't wait to see it. I'll see you next week on the Goddess is Really Watching report. Yeah. This week in the Steph rant. So I watched two documentaries, three technically, uh, about women. Three very specific women, actually technically four. Um, the very first one was the Wendy Williams, what a mess, um, one. And the second one was... Um, the Britney Spears, uh, framing Britney. And then I watched, um, the, didn't we almost have it all, um, uh, Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina one. And I learned a couple of things with the Wendy one, but I'm a fan. She's a cancer. So I, I love her, love her memes. <laughs> but on the way to work every day for a few years, I would just play her hot topics because it was like a quick 15, 20 minute ride sometimes. Um, and by the time that I got to work, like that would be the, this, like the end of it. And so that's, I would get up, either listen to it or listen to it in the car. Um, and so I followed Wendy's career for a minute, but I didn't, I knew her name, but I didn't really listen to her back in the day. I don't think she was on in California, to be honest. Um, but it was fascinating because she has this man in her life, Kevin or Kelvin. I don't know. It's Kevin Hunter or Kelvin Hunter. Um, and they kind of go through the beginning of her relationship with him. First, you had to watch like the Wendy Williams movie, which was <laughs> anytime there's a lifetime movie based on a, like a black icon. It's one of the best days on, on Twitter anyway. So I was enjoying looking at all the memes and people talking about it and uh, watching it. She was fairly honest, um, about her drug use. <clears throat> because I remember watching the video when, uh, Whitney died of her on the show, um, on her show, the Wendy, the Wendy show. And she was crying. She said she always sort of felt like this kindred sort of spirit with Whitney. And she always wanted Whitney to be okay. And then here is Whitney dying. Um, so she was crying hysterically. And um, it was interesting. Like, because I, I remember listening to that Whitney interview with Wendy Williams. And if you haven't heard it and you hate Wendy, like this would be like one of the best things like to listen to. <laughs> it's 20 minutes of them going back and forth. And Wendy's not holding back and neither is Whitney. And I remember at the time watching being Bobby Brown and just being like, damn, this is not the Whitney that I thought <laughs> was Whitney. I was like, I love the bodyguard. And I just like, she always just seemed constantly glamorous. So to see her and Bobby and 
you know, Bob and Christina, I was just like, who are these people? Like, is this who she is? Like, really? Now looking back on it, you see what a manufactured celebrity, the record industry or like can create. Um, and watching the documentary, I, I see why she fell in love with Bobby. Like the, the, she would have fallen in love with Bobby anyway, had they grown up like in the same place, you know? And there was this theme of these men who are there and either get more money or bigger, like in notoriety and things like that, attaching themselves to these women. Now, for one day, it was Kel Kel Kelvin or Kevin, but also Charlemagne. You know, put some respect on one of these names. Like, you know, that's the only way that I fucking know you is because of Wendy. And then you have this Whitney situation where Bobby was a star in his own right, but Whitney was a superstar. And so when Bobby wasn't fighting with New Edition, I mean, he hadn't released... I mean, after his first, did he have two albums or one? Um, I didn't really hear too much Bobby music. I did hear uh, when he was back with New Edition, my parents bought me that album. I liked it. <laughs> I think it was Homecoming or Coming Home. Um, I enjoyed that. I was in love with Ricky Bell at the time and also um, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was Whitney's money that was probably keeping them going. And it seemed like Whitney's money was keeping a lot of people going. So then we get to this Britney documentary and listen, depressed or not, uh, watching a free Britney YouTube conspiracy video is what I do on my regular time. So when they legitimize this shit, the New York Times and Hulu, I said, yes, bitch, it's about time we start talking about some real shit here. When is Jamie Spears getting arrested? He looks like a demon. But also, Justin, you piece of shit motherfucker. Super Bowl weekend, like... You know, it's Janet Jackson Appreciation Day in the Black community and also calling Kaepernick Appreciation Day, for, first of all. But you left the good sis out there to fucking just be on her own. And then you don't apologize for like years later, like six years later, you want to say, I, I wish you could have done something. Yeah, you could have. You were the one that ripped off the fucking thing. I was watching that shit live. And I love Janet Jackson so much. I was like, ooh, nipple. <laughs> I was excited. But apparently America did not appreciate that. So I stood up. I was at a Super Bowl watching party with my husband. And I stood the fuck up like, yeah, this is awesome. Nobody else did. I was also the only black person there. Um, because she had a nipple ring. And I thought that shit was like sexy. So anyway... Come to find out, like, Janet has been feeding you fucking hoes off that fucking nipple because a motherfucker was trying to find the video while he was working for PayPal. And 
can't find the video. So he and his friend or whoever start a little company called fucking YouTube. Valued at the time, like a one point something billion fucking dollars, a billion dollar fucking nipple, you bitch. So then Justin is skating on your very first solo fucking record, Cry Me a River, has got a Britney lookalike in the fucking video. An amazing song, by the way. I prefer uh, the clicks version. You know, you know me, I love the women. <laughs> Listen to it. The clicks. Mm-hmm. Cry Me a River. And she's wearing... um like a white suit on the on 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 the cover and I think it's called snake something the clicks and then I want my babies another great song by the clicks just saying if you want to go back <laughs> anyway so I think she's talking about a straight girl because the whole line is I found it from him but if you're dating a girl and you found it from him she's a bisexual a bisexual as a pansexual, I can't. Uh... As long as the silhouette challenge is a thing, like how are you supposed to hate men? Guys, let me know. God, Marshall. Anyway, so you've got this motherfucking Cry Me a River video, Justin. And then you move on to the next thing because you you need you need the Africans now to help you. So you've got the clips. My baby pushed a T in there. You've got Timbaland and you've got, um, you, you attach yourself to that culture and you become a fucking superstar. And I'm watching these documentaries. I'm like, look at these motherfucking men eating off of the backs of all of these women. And Brittany, if you go back and look, was a huge Janet fan. Huge. There's so many similarities like between the two of them um, with Britney, obviously like copying Janet with like her dancing and all of this stuff. Like she loved Janet. Like, let's just be honest about that. And so I'm, I'm watching all of this shit and I'm starting to get real fucking like heated. Like none of you bitches could stop my girls from from falling, like in the case of like Wendy Williams, like for real, like she goes on to explain how many miscarriages she had. She had two miscarriages of five months and here you are cheating and like getting a fucking bitch pregnant. Like, ugh. Whitney, same situation. She's suffering a miscarriage and then here's Bobby with all these fucking like rumors of, you know, getting other women fucking pregnant. Like, I are you are you dumb? And like with I remember when Britney came out. I think I was in high school. I definitely like freshman or sophomore year when she came out. And, um, I want to say freshman year. And I remember to me, I was like, looks wise, she's just an ordinary sort of white girl. I see Britney's all the time. Her dance moves to me were not that revolutionary. Her song was meh. 
You know, like Hit Me Baby One More Time is definitely not one of my favorite songs, but I'll buy my, like that's, you know, it's, it's cute. But then, you know, when she hit us with the sometimes, <laughs> and then she hit us with the don't let me be the last to know, I was like, ooh, <laughs> kind of like it. Um, and then she came out with that second album, the Oops, I Did It Again, uh, you know, with the red suit. I said the girls got outfits, the girls got hairstyles, the girls, you know, the girls, the girls making she's splashing out here. Like the pop girls need to figure this shit out. Like she's doing her shit. And so then Christina like came out, but then I do remember there was this whole, like growing up in an African household, first of all, some, some, some women are just going to be considered sluts. So based on what I was seeing on TV, like I didn't necessarily feel comfortable. Like, loving Britney Spears because everything that I heard about her was nothing nice. There was nothing nice. They positioned it to where you liked, you know, you had to pick between Christina or Britney. And I'm like, but who's that Beyonce girl? <laughs> then I got jealous of Beyonce because all the boys, like all the black boys that I knew had Beyonce on their fucking folder. And I was just like, mm, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be that cute ever in life, which obviously I am, but you know, it's fine. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, so I had like, I was a teenager. I had petty reasons like to ha hate bitches every fucking week. So when Christina came out with um, Striptease, I think was the name of the album, her second album, it was beautiful. The whole album is so beautiful. If you've never heard Christina Aguilera's second album, you're insane. So yeah, you're wild. And also she's saying the song to Mulan, like, let's be honest. So reflection, they're pitting me against these two women media wise, and I'm gravitating towards Christina Aguilera. And I remember I loved collecting magazine um, magazines and Rolling Stone back in the day used to be like really big. And I remember buying the one that had Justin and Christina because they were going on tour together. And I thought, oh, cool. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> get that Britney girl that cheated on you because that was the whole thing. Like Britney had cheated on Justin and just bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Like the teenage, teenage years, like so I'm gravitating towards these group of people. By the time Justin's second album came out, which to me, like Future Sex Love Sounds is an amazing album. But I hate him. <laughs> I hate Justin today. And I hate him. I really do. I would secretly... Uh, Josh and I got our first apartment. Um, I was 19, maybe. And he loved Britney. Like, he loved Britney Spears. And um, I had, like, since I was 13, my parents always bought me, like, the PlayStation. So I had one of the PlayStations. I don't know at that time. It might have been a PlayStation 2. <laughs> um, and he played Grand Theft Auto 
and I played a Britney Spears dance game. And he would go, because at the time I wasn't of age to drink, but he had just like recently turned 21. We were two years apart. And so he would go out and drink with his friends and I'll be like, I'll be here. Just make sure you bring me a Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> or like something like sweet that, and it was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Um, and I would drink one because, whoo boy, I got like so tipsy off of that and play my Britney dance game because you were winning an opportunity to go on tour with her. And I was like, if you ever tell anybody that this is like secretly like my favorite fucking shit, I'll fucking kill you. So I knew her songs. I knew her dance moves. I knew all of that stuff. But in the media, they were just like, fuck this bitch. So by the time that 2006, 2007 had come around, Perez Hilton was now a thing. And every single day you're just seeing hate on this girl, Brittany. But it's also Lindsay and Paris. And I already talked about the Paris documentary not too long ago. I was like, I did not know that you were going through all this shit. And also, I didn't realize that you were 18 when this sex tape is coming out. Um, which changes things like it changes things like when you're growing up kind of with these people like i think i'm two years younger than britney or uh you know i'm not sure like i think i'm like a few years younger than britney spears when you're growing up with them you just kind of look at them like your peers well i'm like bitch i'm not releasing a sex tape so what the fuck are you doing but then i'm also not a you know a, a billion dollar fucking like industry or like you know a fucking heiress like your life is completely different than mine so when you are able to look at things, you know, 2020 vision, you know, with some fucking perspective, some, some <laughs> context, how terrible. And Perez Hilton, you bitch, like it was just like, it was salacious. It was fun. Like to go read all these blogs about how much like they hated, you know, these women. And I remember like I had a little blog I forget what it was called. <laughs> I remember going on a date with a guy and he's like, I read your blog. I'm like, why are you reading my shit? <laughs> he's like, I Googled you. I'm like, why are you Googling me? His name was Merlin, a wizard. I remember I we got, I met him in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> I was there with my girlfriends from, <laughs> from the UK who we were in Vegas and he was so cute. And I remember having this ridiculous like, neon green like tiny dress and we made out in a in an elevator <laughs> it was like oh it's sexy but at the same time it wasn't so sexy and merlin merlin was like a an, an attorney in i want to say like la or some shit but he wanted to be a writer and he's like i really like your writing style i was like Ugh. i don't like the fact that you googled me so i never talked to him again but anyway um, <clears throat> back in those days, I, I remember writing about how Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant and she's a 16, but I'm also like, uh, 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 let's, let's, let's focus. Brittany superstar, 16 year old sister pregnant Beyonce superstar, 16 year old sister pregnant. Who was the media focusing on? They were focusing on Britney fucking Spears' sister. 
because they wanted to brand this whole family just trash. And so it reminds me of fucking Anna Nicole. Anna Nicole Smith to me is so beautiful. I know I'm supposed to say was, but those photos of her with the guest campaign are fucking iconic. The bitch was a beauty. Like, but it's the same sort of thing, right? She didn't come from the, what they want, which is the affluence and, you know, suburbia and you have both parents and all of this shit. She came from an interesting background. Poor. So they branded her a certain way until baby just first, it was her son that died. Like Anna Nicole and Whitney, the, the children dying, like very close to you dying is insane. And she had a baby. Like she had just had a baby and there was a man that was getting rich off of her. His name was Howard K. Stern. And he would be recording her. And I remember seeing a recording when she was like in clown makeup. And um, I think she was in a pool or something. And he's like, he's actually saying in the video that this is like going to make me so much money. And it made me sick. Like we watched some of these people just sort of change before our eyes. Cause I don't like to say get destroyed or whatever. I don't like, I didn't know them personally, but it was sad because everybody's just laughing. And when you're young, you're kind of just like laughing along, but then there are all these adults that have jobs in media that have, you know, that are writing think pieces, you know, culture pieces and all of this shit, but they're not talking about the fact that why is Ed McMahon asking a fucking eight-year-old or like a fucking 10-year-old Britney Spears if she has a boyfriend and if he could be her boyfriend? Like, bitch, what are you doing? The culture of women not being able to just be... I'm a singer. Talk to me about singing. Why are you asking me about my fucking virginity? When we look at, I like, I'm happy with the way that social media is sort of um, allowing girls to express themselves. You know, we had this whole situation with Chloe Bailey where people are getting mad at her. She's 22, 23, I think. And She's got a body, like, goddamn, a natural one that white women want to fucking pay for. Hell, black women, some black women. I don't have an ass. I would appreciate one, okay? It's very teeny tiny. I would, I would love it. But she fucking saging her apartment. Oh, but she happens to be in her underwear, so why does she need to do this? And what about this and this and this? And it's like, what, why is it your business? And we praise men for, oh, you wore a polo shirt today. Oh, you wore a button down. Look at you. Oh, you're working out. Look at you. Like, I don't, you're, there's nothing impressive to me about men in the general sense. Like if you find one that's got like a good style, then great. 
but there's nothing like spectacular. Whereas I can line up like, you know, 15 of the girls that I know and neither like nobody's going to be like in the same category as the next girl because they're doing their own shit. Like they're just fucking spectacular on their fucking own. And it would have nothing to do with their looks. It would have nothing to do with their fucking bodies. They're just like badasses on a regular fucking day. But men, if you line them up, these hoes would be like, okay, who's the tallest one? What does he do for a living? What's this? Like you guys have a whole completely different way that you judge each other, but why are you in women's business? Y'all are hoes, but you're in women's business talking about is she a virgin? Oh, I can't, I can't marry a girl like that. Oh, I can't, I can't be out with a girl that looks like that. I'm pissed off. It It's upsetting. And you wonder why some of these girls had drug issues because they needed to fucking cope with your bullshit. With the expectation of fucking society, Clive Davis, by the way, I believe is a demon. I don't like you. I'm looking at how I read that Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mother, put her, uh, put Beyonce and Solange in therapy to deal with fame, the fame that Beyonce was starting to get. And then a few weeks ago, it came out that, or Funk Flex, this motherfucker, that went, you know, viral with his, uh, you know, liposuction. Um, he was talking about how Jay-Z is too sensitive to be on social media. That's why he's not on social media. I'm like, yeah, you talk about me all the time. You talk about my wife, my child, all the goddamn time, my twins all the fucking time. Like, are you, are you dumb? I wouldn't be on social media either. And then like two days ago, or like last week, Funk Flex comes back out again. And he's like, well, I decided to finally get liposuction because um, Drake and uh, Kanye and French Montana and uh, LL Cool J did it. So I, I figured it was time for me to do it too. Like, so now you're just a fucking chatty, chatty Kathy. Telling everybody's fucking business. I'm happy for it because it's good to know that these men are also getting fucking procedures. Trying to look a certain fucking way. But the expectation of a woman is sick. They throw you out if you're an actress after you're fucking 35. They throw you out of the fucking music industry after, you know, they built you up and fucking destroyed you. And, but in Britney's case, like this bitch has been delivering, delivering. At the very end of the Framing Britney documentary, I think it said something about her $60 million estate. And I said, huh? No, no, I grew up watching this bitch. She was worth, at least like in 2006, <laughs> 2007, she was worth $300 million. Where did that money go? She's not in charge of her money. We watch this story all the fucking time. Like 
this shadow fucking industry stealing from artists. Where the fuck did that money go? We need to have a chat, family. Like, seriously, what the fuck is going on? Let me try to calm down. <laughs> Whew. The Britney documentary, Framing Britney, is about her conservatorship with her dad, which she was placed on um, 12 years ago. According to this conservatorship, Britney is not allowed to drive her car, uh, have a child, get married, uh, use her own money, like, without asking for fucking permission. And... Um, from what I think I remember in the documentary, it was kind of like a, they, she signed it originally to have access to her kids. And then she's been in it for 12 years. So you got this girl working. She's got oh, a residency in Vegas. She's going on tour. She's cutting albums. She's got you know, she's collaborating with this person. She's performing with Rihanna, you know, she's uh, got perfumes and she, a business. A business, but she's not allowed to drive her own car to in and out and get a burger. She's not allowed to go to Starbucks and get a Frappuccino. Like, no, that's too much. I just remember this tweet coming across my feed a few years ago that was like, every year I get older, I understand Brittany shaving her fucking hair off and that umbrella. And I guess that day she wasn't allowed to go see her kids. But during that time, like I said, all these gossip rags and, you know, um, Perez Hilton, but every major news organization in twenty in two thousand seven had an obituary, lit, like literally written about Britney Spears because they were waiting for her to die like every single day. Like I can't imagine you're preying on my downfall. And when I say pray, I mean P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. Like you're, you're preying on me. And it's sad. Like there was never a reason. So then when I look at like Whitney, same shit. Mad TV, Saturday Night Live, like, you know, you got these people like doing all these goddamn sketches on your fucking life. Like they know you, like they know the shit that you're struggling with. Like they know the pressures that you have to fucking go through. Like, bitch, I've never made I Will Always Love You. So I don't know what that, I don't know what that fame means. I'm so excited these days 
about the fucking stands. I really am. Because they're not going to let you get away with talking about their favorite fucking person. Now, if you don't like that person, that's a completely different story. But Britney, this free Britney movement was because of fucking stands, my guy. Stands. I don't know what they're called. But I'm I'm happy that Rihanna has the Navy, uh, Beyonce with the Hive, you know, uh, Nicki Minaj with the fucking barbs, Gaga with the monsters, because we're not seeing this uh, steady decline of women like we were before. Like y'all are not just going to be able to throw them away because now fans have an even better way of communicating with each other with, you know, Megan with the hotties, like tr- uh, fucking uh, Tory Lanes can get online and say something fucking insane and the girls would be right there. You know, like the hotties would be right there to say something like you can't, we cannot allow you to think that you're alone, Megan. We cannot allow you to think that you're on your own, Beyonce. We cannot allow you to keep dating ASAP Rocky. Rihanna, break up with him. Hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. There's something about it that I don't like. I need, I need, I need to find out what happened with Hassan. Like what happened with him? (laughs) Anyway, um, and Britney's band today came out. This is this is Tuesday, by the way. Britney's man came out and he had um written something in his Instagram story talking about I don't I don't want to talk on it, but Jamie's a dick. And I said, that's right, that's right, baby. <laughs> He's hot, by the way. He is good looking. Like, God damn, Brittany. Uh-huh. Yes. Foreigner, you know, not American, which a plus. <laughs> He's good looking. I enjoy that. Because it, it, she always seems like she's up on her workout regimen all the time. So I don't know what these motherfuckers are trying to do to her. But baby is always on point with her body. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, Brittany, get that man's. He's hot. His name is Sam. Sam's hot. Good for you, Brittany. Good for you. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm incredibly horny. <laughs> like, it's a problem. <laughs> I've been stuck in this house a little too long. <laughs> Woo! Soon enough, babe. Soon enough. Just talking to the girl real quick. It's going to be all right. You're going to get some this weekend. Um, but anyway... I want I wanted to see Whitney happy in in a weird dumb way. I wanted to see her get back with Bobby. I don't know their relationship. I was, I obviously understand like she was probably tired of him like being an asshole and cheating and all of that. That's why I got a divorce. Like I didn't have a problem with him as a man. I had a problem with him just constantly fucking cheating on me. I'm like I can't do this anymore. When I competing with bitches, I don't know like for what. Go be with them. You love them so much. Go be with them, and we did. And, you know, you go through life moments, you grow up and you enter your thirties and the conversations him and I had before he died 
And it always fucking creeps me out that he just was never going to make it to fucking 40. Really fucking like hurts my heart. You know, we would have these conversations is like the girls aren't the same like to me like they used to be before. I'm like, well, you're white. You age different. He's like, how come you still look the same? I was like, well, because I'm African and this melanin is a protective shield. <laughs> I would look like this until I'm 70, my guy. And because it was shallow, like, it, you know, it was what was easy and to for him like to make him feel like very validated and but what was at home was something real and he just wasn't at that point where he could accept he we talked about him not feeling like he was worthy and he had put me on like on a pedestal which is a always a hard thing like when you put like a woman on a pedestal um because Anytime she does something that, or she wants to come down off that pedestal, like it's looked at as a bad thing. Like I'm not a perfect being at all. I just wanted to be a good partner. I wanted to be a good wife. I wanted to, uh, you know, have a home for us that we loved and, you know, could like be in love in and then eventually like have some fucking kids or whatever. Um, but he went into this thing where his confidence was so down and I always made sure like, you know, to keep up with him, not my own life going on. I'd be in closets, like <laughs> talking to him, like in the middle of the night, like, like some boy that I was with, like slept <laughs> and just like, uh, what's going on? And we would just like talk. We would always fucking talk and just be hundred percent honest with each other. And I feel like you need those kinds of people in your life. And going back like to that Stan, you know, thing that I was talking about, you need those people. You need those people that will remind you of how amazing you are. Even, but in his case, it was difficult. He's like, you should not be the person that's telling me this. I hurt you. I was like, I got it. I have forgiven. <laughs> it took me some years, loads of death threats, maybe some violence. I don't know. Um, but... It's okay. I, I'm, I'm here because I want to be. I don't want to be with you and like as a lover at all, but as your friend, yes, I can be here and say, you're not as bad as you think you are. I think that's like a Matchbox 20 album, more than you think you are. That's a good album. That's a good album. I'm going to listen to that. There's a song on there called uh, Hand Me Down. Whew. That's it's it's a great song. It makes me sad every single time I listen to it, but I'm a cancer, that's my thing. I think we need to start lending some grace to people. And um Wendy Williams had a moment in her documentary where somebody said she was 
she she felt like she was getting all of this backlash, uh, not backlash, but all of this karma in her life because she had talked shit about so many people. And um, it's sad because she did talk shit about a lot of people. And we all love like a good, you know, story, but nobody knows how that person at home is taking it. But I'm also glad that she's where she's at, you know? And she got her television show. She got... Wendy is so fucking good. Her cryptic talk is amazing. Like, if you just go and listen, like, just... There was one episode I was watching. I was like, now I'm getting all of these hints. But she's, like, skating around, like, the legal parameters of allegedly. And I was just like... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And you just have to know like her lingo. And so I'm looking at it. I was like, everybody thinks like Wendy's drunk and stupid and she's a mess and she's this and this and that. And as I listened to it, I was like, oh no, 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 no. For the babies that know, the babies know. Like, I see what you're trying to tell me. And she cuts it off and she pivots like to a, like she'll start off with like one conversation and she pivots to something completely random. But if you're listening to that random take, it has everything to do with what she was originally talking about. And then she goes back into like her conversation. I was just like, now that's funny. That is, that's funny. That's good. You're good. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, um, I, re I respect Wendy Williams. I wish the best for her. I, I'm too heartbroken about like the Whitney and Bobby Christina documentary. Like that shit was sad. Bobby Christina drowned the day before Whitney drowned or like they saved Bobby Christina um, but she was found in a bathtub the night before Whitney died. And then to have her die face down in the fucking bathtub and that guy, Nick Gordon, like, who knows what the fuck he knew if he killed her, if he was found legally liable. But, um, what a sad end. Like that shit is, it's too heartbreaking. Like just sad. I Mm -mm. No, no, no. I, I'm hoping that now with the, this new light that we have with Britney Spears, that we're able to, um, that we're able to save her. I, I want to see Britney get old. I want to, I want to see her be happy with her kids. I want to see you know, the next phase of what she does, like in music, like what she does, you know, with her life, like you on, her, on her own free will, because this shit is tragic. It's sad. Oh man. I definitely say, watch it. Um, Framing Britney Spears. The Wendy Williams, if you're interested in it, like, 
interested in Wendy, definitely watch it. <laughs> Cause it was just, she was fun. I liked how vulnerable she was. She was just like, yeah, this is my life. Yeah, this is what happened. I'm pretty sure she had more stories, like way more, but this is what, this is what she, she gave us. And I thought it was great. I really did. Um, and I think a lot more people should be that vulnerable, but I like people that choose their avenue. Like musicians and singers, songwriters choose songs like to tell us about the shit that went on in their lives. And maybe they're great writers, so they give the song to Beyonce. So they give the song to, you know, Rihanna. Like they, they you know, expressing your emotions is a beautiful thing. Like being very vulnerable is a very beautiful thing. It's just the world out there is so fucking cruel. So be free and be comfortable with yourself. But for the love of God, do not let this world eat you the fuck up. It's not worth it. It's not, not for them. You're worth so much more. Your time is precious. Your love is precious. Like, don't let these fucking hoes like get in your head. Like, fuck if you look stupid. As long as you're genuine and you're a real person, like, be you, baby. Like, please. We can't lose good people. Jeff Bezos is right there. And then, like, the lightning strikes just keep missing him, just. George W. Bush is still alive, smiling. I'm painting that motherfucker. <laughs> Once again, the lightning strikes. God, just keep missing them, you know? You're too good for the world, even if they don't know. That's what I, I learned about these documentaries, these amazing women. And... um I'm sad. It was, it was, it made me sad because they deserve so much more. And we as a people should have given them so much more. But we love the sensation. We, uh, you know, the sensational nonsense. We love the mess. We love the drama, you know, as long as it's not our lives, right? Like, we love this shit. And I hate that um, now being grown because nobody wants to be the subject of internet fodder at all. Or TV or papers, magazines. Unless it's good, which is why Malcolm had a point. Going back to Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> Unless you really understand where the fuck I'm coming from. Don't write about me. Like, that's not really what his point was. Um, but kind of in a way. But it was through the lens of a white man, which <sighs> why are colonizers speaking in the year 2021? Like, y'all go away. Have you like history month? So everybody, I think I'm gonna get out of here now because I think my rant is over. I love you. I'll see you next week. I'm saving. Um, yeah, no, I really want to talk about 
um, Judas and the Black Messiah, but obviously I haven't watched it yet. I might have an entire episode just for that to catch up for last week's episode, but we'll we'll think about it. I love you. Okay, bye. Okay, I love you, bye. Okay, I love you, bye. <laughs>